this. He's the Saber Advisors audio experience. Let's get started. So CRE Rewired is um, recorded. It is um, used in multiple platforms. So if you guys get called up on stage, just realize that it will be used um, on other platforms. So if you're worried about what somebody might hear, uh, that is your official warning. Uh, we have, we've been having this room almost every week um, during the summer. Jay is typically joining us, but he is unavailable today, Jay Ciano. And uh, we have our special guest, Eddie AZ Gonzalez, in the house. What's up, Eddie? I'm making you guys moderators so you guys can ping people into the room as well. Good morning, everyone. I will be pinging away. Um, what's up, Morgan? Just living life over here. All right, cool. Um, all right, so let's get started. Eddie, why don't you introduce yourself? Although I feel like a lot of people in this room might know you, but <laughs> those who don't. I would be happy to do so, Kyle. My name is Eddie Gonzalez, estate advisor out of Phoenix, Arizona, mostly focused quite a few land development deals right now with my business partner and I am excited to be here with you today. There you go. I'm so Morgan. excited to talk about this topic. <laughs> oh yeah? I'm, I'm, yes, I'm, I think I'm it's actually, really interesting. Well, you know, so we have um, somebody who just joined us at Saber who actually, her name is Emily, uh, I forget her last name. Dempsey. Dempsey, Emily Dempsey, and she actually did a shopping live uh, in West Hampton, I believe it was, or East Hampton, earlier this week, which was a first for, for us to see. Um, if you guys are not familiar with what it is and, and, and all that, Morgan, why don't you give everybody a quick rundown on exactly what that means? So live shopping, um, well, for example, Emily was on an app. It was called Shop Shop, and she was basically going around shopping live, introducing products to her followers and people, followers were able to buy the products that she was showcasing right off the bat. Uh, sometimes it's at a discount. So it's, it's really cool. It's like a QVC on social media. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, so yeah, basically she was invited into this store. So she would join the platform. She would get a ton of, uh, you know, she has a bunch of followers. Her followers would see that she goes live on this platform. And then she was walking around the store. Basically, I think it was handbags that she had. Right. So she was like trying to get everybody yeah. to buy these handbags and she's showcasing them and they're interacting with her. And, you know, it's really aside from an opportunity for retail, we can dive into why it's also an opportunity for people who create content because if you specialize in retail, right, let's, let's think outside the box here. You are a broker that specializes in retail, let's say high-end fashion retail, and you can get a following on Shop Shop or, or Pop Shop is another one. You can be in a store talking about the space, talking about the products, and it is an opportunity for you to leverage a new audience and show what you know about commercial real estate and about the specific retailer. What do you guys think about that? I think it's awesome. I was thinking what popped in my mind is old school Tupperware parties, but this is like a Tupperware <laughs> party on steroids, right? You're totally. still going into people's houses. It's just a different medium. And you used to gain the credibility by going to PTA meetings and going to the games and going to this, that, and the other. Now you gain your credibility by creating content, and then the actual Tupperware party is the live, which then displays the product, which then sells the product. I think it's genius. That's a really good analogy, Eddie. I like that. And I'm the guy that likes to go into the stores, but I'm excited to see this. Are you really? You're, you're, so you need something. You'd rather go into the store and buy it? Like you need some Tupperware. You're going into Target and picking some up. That's your that's – 100,000 percent. I was – Really? So I, I, there's multiple things that I have purchased online. Ten – I'm not joking when I'm saying ten items or less in my life. A few have been books. The drones have all come from your neck of the woods, B&H oh, Photo. That's so funny. I know. 
And I recently could not find, because my phone is last year's model, I couldn't find a case at Best Buy. So I ordered one. And when I ordered it, I sent it to the office because I thought it'd be better to send it there than the house. I was so pissed off when that thing didn't show up when I thought it was going to show up. <laughs> so I'm back to yeah. I'm, ba- I'm back to my old place. Going so to the you're- store. I think for me, it's a happy medium. Um, yeah, I buy, I buy a lot of stuff online and I love, I love the live shopping because I can actually see someone giving feedback on what they think about the product instead of just actually looking at online on something very stationary, um, versus live shopping. But I do also still like to go into the stores, check out the stores. Uh, I like to try on clothes. Um, so, you know, for me, it's like a, it's like a 50, 50. I like both because sometimes I just want to go to the house and yeah, you know, I like, I like to go shopping and I like to carry all the bags. So (laughs) that's, that's my opinion on it. But I mean, so I think that, it's crazy because everything comes, almost everything comes back in style, right? And I was reading this article and it was saying that, you know, how in the late 70s and early mid 80s, the live shopping networks like QVC and the Home Shopping Center uh, or the Home Shopping Channel were all very popular because, um, you know, you had the stay at home wives and the women who were buying everything on on TV. And now I can't, I kind of, I guess it's just, it's, it's circled back around, but in a different way, in a more technologically advanced way, which I mean, just like fashion, everything com- comes back in styles in some way, shape or form. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's exactly right. It's a QVC HSN model, but now our, like we talk about all the time, the that model is no longer relevant on TV because we're not consuming on TV, right? We're consuming on these other platforms. Right. We're streaming. Are, we're streaming. And, you know, there, there are big players entering this thing. This has been a billion-dollar industry in China for a while. And now there are, you know, some other players entering the game to try to get these younger consumers to come around to the idea that you can say, hey, next week we're going to have XYZ famous TikToker on here selling this. And – it's, you know, remember when celebrities used to be on there? I mean, the George Foreman grill on HSN. I think that's yeah, basically I had what one we're of seeing. <laughs> <laughs> I still do. I think we have more than one, actually. But that's what it is. And, and I think that's it's a huge opportunity. I mean, are, have you guys actually seen any of this? I know, Morgan, maybe you have seen Eddie, have you seen this? And uh, Julie, thanks for coming up. Yeah. Um, thanks for having this topic, guys. I, I love this topic. I think it's super interesting. And, um, I think, you know, to your point, you just made a comment about how it's like having the George Foreman grill or a celebrity endorse something, but to take it a step further, it's, it's not only, um, you know, and for George Foreman, it has his name on it. So it's important to have that brand actually perform, but as influencers, they have a following that they have to actually live up to a certain standard and keep a certain brand. So what they're recommending really has a lot of weight, right? It's like not only that you can trust them or you're not going to follow them, right? So they have an obligation to make sure the products that they're they're kind of out there pitching have some type of value and can bring value, right? So I, I think that that's a really big thing to kind of take into consideration with um, third-party endorsements being as powerful as they are. and knowing that who you're buying from is somebody you trust and will continue to follow. So, and to Eddie's point, it's so funny. You said the Tupperware thing, because I, um, I tried a product called Monet. It's a direct sales product and I became obsessed with it, right? Like my whole family used it and, you know, being in commercial real estate retail, we love retail. We love sales. We love products. I mean, it's, it's kind of goes hand in hand with why we ended up in retail as a part of, as the asset class that we wanted to in commercial. So I was like, you know what, I'll try to do the direct sales on the side, you know, in commercial real estate, you never know where the economy is going to go. It's good to have this like side hustle going on. And it's been this wild ride. Like I, I did direct sales MLM when I was like 18 and it was a whole different story. Like the products came to me, I was boxing them up, sending them out, troubleshooting customer service. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was, now it's all taken care of, right? Like it's all automated and all you do is just pop on social, talk about what you like about the product and then people DM you and 
you tell them where here's a link. These are the products you, you know, based on your needs and, and go for it. And I mean, this opportunity to do that live, I really think MLMs and direct sales are going to see a new day. You know, it's always had this kind of tainted image, like Tupperware parties or pyramid schemes and, and all of that. But I think because of where we're at, it's a great opportunity for people to have just like this foundational income that just sharing products that they love. So it's been a real wild ride. Yeah. I mean, let's take it a step further too, because what's, what's happening now is that there are platforms developing, right? Like pop shop and, and the ones that we mentioned before, but what about if you're live on TikTok or you're live on Instagram and you can buy directly from that, you can buy directly from somebody who's pitching a product in store um, and they're watching the sales go up and it's this huge interactive experience. I mean, it just seems like you can see it now. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it on TikTok and obviously on Instagram, you can do it. But um, on TikTok now, you, you'll you see what looks like somebody somebody's TikTok, but then it pops up saying like to buy it and then it takes you to a website. So the functionality is not there yet where you can actually click and purchase and check out through the app, but it's coming. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it's just... It's a thing that's it's going social is going to evolve in a sh- in a shopping online shopping channel. I mean, it already has, but to this other extent to where you're actually going live and looking at these products with just a click of a button. Oh, Kyle is coming up to the stage. Yeah, buddy. Hey, Angel. Hey there. How, excuse me. How are you? Good morning, everybody. How are you doing today? Thanks for coming up. Good. I'm in New York, and it's like 95 degrees, and <laughs> it, is, it is unbearable. But um, I wanted to bring a little real-world, real-life um, conversation to the live stream conversation, which is my passion. So my company is Tenant Mentorship, and we work with uh, independently-owned tenants across the country on behalf of large, large landlords, we work to launch, grow, and save them. <clears throat> I do a podcast on uh, technology. I'm really fascinated with technology as it relates to small business. And <clears throat> I met a company called Verb, V-E-R-B, and they have a live stream platform. So together, since last October, we've developed a live stream marketplace. It's the first live stream marketplace. So think Amazon, so a variety of products. Um, but it's for small businesses, and they go on and live stream their own designs, their own products, and what have you. And it's going very, very well. It's called shoppopup.tv. So it's an actual live stream platform. Now, what makes it different from what you guys are talking about, live streaming through an app or live streaming on Instagram, is through our live stream platform, you actually have click-through links in the live stream screen so that you don't ever have to leave the website to purchase. So we have, we actually, you can watch the show, continue to watch the show, and we know for a fact, through the QVCs and HSNs of the world, the longer people are online, the longer they watch the show, the greater the opportunity for them to purchase. So these icons that show up in your screen click through to the shopping cart so people can buy it immediately and never have to leave the show. So, um, so as we look at China <clears throat> being a $65 billion live stream um, uh, market, and we haven't even dipped our toe in the water here in the US, we've got such tremendous opportunity in, in live streaming as a, as a way for big brands to have a new platform, but also for small businesses to easily become online um, where they don't have the bandwidth to do it themselves, but they can do it. And who sells better than the owner or the designer? Nobody. They have the passion for it. They have a story because it's a storyteller channel. So moving away a little bit from the creator-driven, the influencer-driven sale, but to the actual owner-designer-driven sale. So it's very, very exciting what's going on in the live stream world. That's awesome. Thank you, Angel. Yeah, it's it's it, it's. I'm looking at it here as I was as we're kind of just hanging out. I'm um. There's a lot going on. Buzzfeed looks like they're jumping in there and creating their own studios. So yeah, it really is. It really is a QVC HSN type of deal. What are your guys' thoughts as far as 
there being a studio like the QVCs versus there being the live streaming and somebody being in the retail setting, walking through the aisles, grabbing things, trying things on. Kyle, you mentioned the experience of it before, and I'm wondering, do you set up a studio or do you go to a retail shop and maybe pick a slower time and go from there? What do you guys think? Eddie, this is exactly what I was going to come up here and say. Oh, do it, Kyle. Uh, I was, it just got me thinking. I mean, so we saw you know, the ghost kitchens explode when we didn't need an actual restaurant. What about ghost retail stores? And, you know, everyone's just virtual shopping. It looks like you're in the real store, but you're in a warehouse, you know, in the middle of nowhere. That's it. Yeah, right? Like shop right from the warehouse. Somebody's there. They set up their own little shop in uh, wherever they're, you know, all these retailers have major warehouses. I mean, big warehouses around here, right? Like I'm thinking in the New York metro area, Long Island City, Stanford, you know, they have these warehouses where their products are kept. They can do live from there. Live from their little retail pop-up that they set up in their warehouse. Yeah, you do like a faux facade and, you know, you make it look like a real store. People think, you know, you're, you're in a real store. I thought that's pretty interesting. I think definitely. And also, I mean, if, if we go, if the retailers go away from their actual store and into these retail uh, ghost retail stores one that takes away some of their overhead so they can go into a smaller storefront if they still want to have some sort of brand awareness uh, storefront you know and, and the shopping centers things like that but that also just brings to my mind those um, those selfie selfie warehouses where you go into where businesses are going into these warehouse spaces and setting up little selfie booths to take Instagram pictures. You know, it's just like setting up a little spot to where their influencers, creators, or even their, the designers can go and they can do a live right there from their warehouse. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's definitely coming. Morgan, I want to hear more about your experience with it. And Eddie, we lost you. you. Oh, can I you hear him? You got me? I got you. Morgan, are you able to hear me? Because this is for you. Okay, yeah, I hear you now. <laughs> nice. Pay attention, Morgan. It's, <laughs> it sounds like you've already experienced this. So I want to know what your experience was and did you buy anything? What My experience... Going into with a, with a live uh, shopping situation. Honestly, I have not experienced. I have not been. I have not experienced the live shopping shopping stream yet. But me being such a a shopper, especially because online shopping, and if I <laughs> if I think of something I want to buy, I automatically am buying it off Amazon or. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the store and buy this. So I think it's definitely something that I would, I mean, um, I would definitely be a part of. And it would be easier for me to buy a product because, you know, if that person is talking about the product, explaining how it is, the material, what you can do with it, um, how you can put it with an outfit, things like that it will be much easier for me to actually buy the product instead of just looking it up online and saying, okay, and thinking to myself, okay, what can I do with this? What can I buy with this? It's our, it's kind of, it's mindless shopping. I'm with you on that. I feel like I would be far more inclined to buy off a someone that I like the influencer and B something that I can see in action versus just looking at it on the Amazon. Or, you know, just like Angel was saying, when it's these these designers that are actually doing the live with their own products, it's like, okay, now you can kind of see what, what their ideas or their passion of behind this product is. They, I mean, they're the actual creator of the product or they actually sell this product, so I want to see if they're passionate, what they know about it, you know, what they what they personally think about it. 
I mean, obviously it's going to be, I mean, probably, and most likely it is going to be a little bit biased, but then again, you can see through the authenticity when they're on a live. I think you just like really good actors. I think I think you just touched on another really interesting point, the fact that we are all storytellers and we want to know the stories behind the brands. If the creator is actually there, they can tell the true story, which I think is freaking awesome. Yeah, like why they could tell why they why they love the product or why they stand behind it or what was the reasoning behind their idea of it. So, I mean, it's just, it's more than shopping. It's storytelling. That's exactly it. And then that's, that's, the, that's going to be the, that's the real thing as we push forward is, is storytelling. That's what people buy into. You know, if you have the creator the per, or the designer in there who designed the bag and can walk you through all the details of it and they have 3 million followers how many retail is that going to impact? They're going to be like, you know what? I don't even need these retail stores. I don't need to spend the money on this stuff. I can just go live once a month, twice a month and make X amount of dollars. And I have no overhead. Do you think that's coming? I just see, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if it's going to completely wipe out the storefront. I think the experience part of it is still going to be there, but in a, on a different scale and on a different level, you know, instead of just having these stores to where you just go in and look around, um, you know, they have some sort of interactive piece of the pie in the store to where you're either putting it on Instagram, posting something, um, trying on, maybe trying on something virtually that they don't have in the store. Um, whether it's your size or if it's a different color or I don't know, I'm just thinking, I'm just babbling right now. I think. <laughs> no, but Kyle, that's I, because we're all trying to figure it out. I mean, if you guys are uh, like sitting at your desk right now and you're looking and you're, and you're like listening to clubhouse or even you guys up here on the panel, pull up pop shop. Uh, yeah, I pulled it up. It's it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. And think about this, too. You know, when you're walking around the store, you know, you got your credit card in your hand and you're like, I'm going to buy some stuff, but uh, I don't know, too expensive. When you I'm willing to bet that when you, you know, and I guarantee this is it. I don't even know. It's, I probably just must have missed it. But you probably when you sign up for Pop Shop, you have to put in your credit card. Right. So it's kind of making you click buy. Click buy, click buy. There's no thought. You know what I mean? It's Automatic. Like it's mindless. Mindless. Yeah. yeah. So from a retailer's perspective, you're eliminating that like whole thing. You're 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 buying on emotion, which is what they want you to do, right? And this is more really consumer cool. spending. Yeah, I mean this is this is broken down into categories. Um, new this week, vintage, crystals and gems, arts, pins and stickers, comics and books, toys, fashion and beauty, and then it has different times so this is like scheduled shop appointment shopping it's really wild i know i didn't know how honestly until emily told us about her shop shop stream that she did i was i didn't even know about how popular or intricate this this was you know i mean i do everything on amazon but this is a whole nother level. It is a whole nother level. And I'll tell you what's interesting, as Brittany just reminded me that today, Emily's uh, vlog goes live. So if you guys are following Saber on social media, YouTube, uh, I assume, Brittany, it's going to be on um, YouTube and IG Live, uh, IGTV or something. So um, you'll find it there so you can see what it's like Um you know, from the behind the scenes, you can see what, what it's like for her to, to take part in that stuff. Um, so, um, but Eddie, you and I were talking, looking on TikTok uh, this morning, and there's that gentleman um, who does a lot of great TikTok advice. But he was talking about why this live shopping and people who create content is going to be important for colleges. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so I forgot what his name is, to be honest with you, Kyle. I like um, his content. 
JT, JT Barrett. Okay, so JT was talking about how the college students are now going to be paid for their services. And he dove into, and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong here, Kyle, but he was going into how brands should be or are going to be seeking the up-and-coming high school and the college students for branding opportunities because they are now going to be paid for it. So why not create content, create your brand, have everything teed up for when you become that college athlete, you already have a brand to stand on and you can push products and then get paid for it. I mean, think about that. You're you're a college athlete. You play football. You just, you know, LS, those of you who watch college football, uh, Clemson, LSU, some big game, right? And the guy, the, you're the one of the guys on your team scores a game-winning touchdown. After the game, he goes on live on TikTok and is like, I'm selling some of my game-worn gear here. This is the this is the ball from the thing. I mean, it's it's really completely outside the box. I mean, just from the standpoint of what the NCAA is allowing them to do, which is a different story. What's but this guy's think, TikTok again? Uh, JT Barrett. JT Barrett. Okay. Uh, Barnett. Sorry, B A R N E N E T T. I got it. I got it. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Well, Morgan, I. I saved the actual post to my phone, so I'm going to text it to you right now. If anybody else wants it, just let me know. I think it goes back to now why it's important to create content. Let's talk about that. I mean, we touched on it in the beginning, but let's talk about why now, if we're still going to have the conversation around why it's important to be a content creator in commercial real estate or in retail real estate or any kind of real estate, really. Um, I know we all believe that, but how do you guys see this playing out? I mean, I know I said you're working retail, you can work in a retail shop, but what other ideas do you think might be coming out, coming down the pipeline for people who create content in our industry? I think this is, it's just our resume at this point. Well, and I also yeah. think it's, it's, you are reaching a broader audience when you're creating content, whether it's in retail or, you know, whether it's an office space or industrial space. I mean, I'm going back to commercial real estate and how you can reach more people, uh, whether it's, you know, you're a tenant rep or you're a landlord rep. I think on both sides, it's really important because, you know, you're featuring that property and you can reach so many more people. You can showcase it in so many different ways um, instead of just putting your sign out front and posting it on you know, Facebook. Um, now you've got all these different outlets. And that was something also that I also wanted to kind of talk about too, is, you know, you, we have all these outlets, which one works best for commercial real estate or, you know, is there different outlets of social media that work for different, uh, commercial real estate assets? I think that that is a good point that you bring up, Morgan, and I think it depends on how you set up your account and who you target. And I, this is you kind of teed me up here because I was looking at some stuff before, and I'm going to give a shout out to Kyle because he's the one that helped me name this thing, and I do a post called What's It Worth? So I'm studying my market all the time. If there's a cool property and I want to share it, I throw a post out that says, what's it worth? Let everybody guess what's it worth. And then 48 hours later, I tell them what it's actually worth and why. I did that post yesterday on Instagram. And my Instagram is a very broad reach of mostly brokers and as far as the performance of the post goes, no one guessed the value of the property, and it got 15 likes. Mm. Then I went to TikTok and posted a very similar post. The only thing that is different is the background music, and I have the Instagram one. I called out Instagram mm. fam, and I didn't do that on TikTok. On TikTok... It got 4,000 views, 100 likes, and as of this morning, 49 people guessed what the price of it was. 
what I'm attributing that to is I have set up my TikTok as a community of Phoenix and Arizona based deal. I think the way you set it up is very important. I'm targeting Phoenix specifically and I and that's my community, right? So I think they want to be more involved versus Instagram's the broad breach and it's just the way that I set it up and that was that was not by design on Instagram, it was by design on TikTok. That's really interesting, Eddie, and I think that makes a really good point as far as how you are one setting your content up and specifically who you're targeting your what is your target audience you know i feel like with your instagram it's more broader as far as commercial real estate um all over you know i would say all over the country or all over and then your tiktok is more geared towards the arizona area but you know i'll tell you what take that a step further right like you um you are gonna say hey guys Here's a TikTok, right? Um, you're all in, a, and I use you an example all the time. If you're hyper local, you can own your market with TikTok. But anyway, you are going to say, hey guys, I have this new development. I'm going to go live on TikTok on Thursday at two o'clock and we're going to tour the property. So now you have, I know you have business owners following you. You have other people who represent retailers and restaurants and things of that nature and developers following you. And you can tour that and I don't think we're at the point where you're going to be getting LOIs over TikTok, but you're going to generate some real interest by you're walking around the property saying, yes, hey, guys, you have a question? Yes, the, the ceiling heights are 18 feet here. Um, yep, we're going to, you know, the parking lot's going to be this big. Um, you're located here. Like, you can do all of that there by appointment, and I think that's huge for content creators, and I think that's a huge opportunity for anyone in real estate, um, and particularly given that, you know, commercial real estate is so wide open, I think that's a great idea. Have you tried that, Kyle? I have not. I'm waiting for you to do it. Okay, I'll do it next week. <laughs> That's interesting. So we talk a lot about Instagram and TikTok. Where does that leave? I mean, I don't know. I guess I kind of want to talk about the Twitter and LinkedIn. I know in our industry, LinkedIn, I know a lot of people that use LinkedIn. Um I guess where where does LinkedIn come into play here? Do you all use it as much as you use, say, Instagram and TikTok? I know LinkedIn's now got stories and and lives and things like that. I use LinkedIn, but I don't love LinkedIn. the The creator portion of it is not there, and the fun portion of it is, I think, it's a little too stuffy for me. Yeah, I, I, I know that there's value there, but for me, I realized that I need to create. I need to create something. So the only way I'm really getting on LinkedIn these days is a little bit of, you know, popping in and out to kind of engage, but also to just really repost stuff that I'm creating on other platforms. It's it's the creation part that I like, you know, being able to mar marry, you know, my niche, which is restaurants, the commercial real estate piece and creating, you know, content creation is supposed to be fun. And for me, uh, you know, LinkedIn doesn't allow allow that 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 fun and, and it may be a great place for other people and I get that there's tremendous networks on there um, I'm just not there with it I think LinkedIn would be a really good way to drive traffic to either your Instagram or uh, your uh, your TikTok because there is a huge I guess audience or user base on LinkedIn on the professional side of things so I think that's, that would be a really good way to think about it as well as using it as a driver to your other social media platforms to get the fun out of it. Yeah, that's, that's actually interesting that you say that because I, you know, dip my toe in YouTube and I kind of put all my podcast videos up on YouTube and some videos that I've been creating, uh, lately with G and actually Leslie's been in a bunch of videos is, um, I get, you can see on, on some of these analytical platforms where your traffic is coming from. And when I post a link to my YouTube from LinkedIn, I get more traffic than I get from any other resource. So it's interesting that way. Yeah, that's a good point. Julie, are you, if you're there, I would love to know your opinion or your intake on, on this topic. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's fascinating what you guys are talking about. Honestly, I, I, I learn a lot um, from you, Eddie, on, on where you're getting some of your comments because you have such a great following, right? So that's so interesting that you didn't get any engagement on that post. I saw that post and I just remembered like, why didn't I engage with that? <laughs> it was a good property. <laughs> but um, just sharing metrics and what's working, I think is huge. I, I LinkedIn, I know there's opportunity. I don't use it, gosh, hardly at all, to be quite honest. And I'm not even on TikTok. So I spend a majority of my time on Instagram for sure. And I honestly just dipped a little bit back into Facebook um, for some of the... Um, the direct sales stuff I just try to do, which is kind of a whole other ball game because it's more of a personal audience. So I, I, you know, it all, when, when we talk about storytelling, it all comes down to audience, right? Like who is your audience? Who are you telling the story to? And, and we're building the audience, like, and it takes a ton of time to build that audience. Right. So mm-hmm. you got to build the right one. And because you're talking, you know, you're, you're crafting your message for them. And, um, I don't know. I feel like we could do like a whole class on how or who your audience should be for your messages, right? Because it's so hit or miss. I mean, for you to send that that post out, Eddie, and not get any responses and get such minimal likes, like that's super interesting. We're we're most of the people are commercial real estate agents, so that's fascinating to me. Samuel, thanks for coming up on stage. Hey, how's everyone doing? Hey, what's up, Sam? Hey, nothing much. I just wanted to chime in here. I know uh, I barely use LinkedIn, but uh, one thing I found is um, if you upgrade to like LinkedIn sales nav where you get like the granular data, um, you also see like the titles of these like companies and like retailers and like what, you know, tech firms or whatever. And um, you get their title and their name. And then what I do is I take that and then I go find them on like Instagram or other platforms just to see like their personality. So I get off the stuffy platform and then I'm like, okay, this guy's in the, <laughs> he goes to Costa Rica. He's a surfer, <laughs> you know, and, that, that. and I'm like, okay, now I can connect with these guys like on a personal level, get off the stuffy platform, you know, slide into the DM comment on a, on a, on a post and then establish rapport that way. Just so we get out of like the suit and tie atmosphere and uh, get to know them with their families or what they like to do. So that's one way of like finding people at like end user companies or, people you might want to connect with and uh, just try to get more on a, like a chill level than the stuffy platform. So that's one way I've used it. So I take everything off LinkedIn. Samuel, I've got a question for you. Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody who is uncomfortable doing silly things like myself was to go onto a platform like LinkedIn, would you be turned off with me posting something that should be on TikTok on LinkedIn or would a person like you like that because you are going to eventually find me elsewhere to see what I'm really about yeah I mean that's kind of hard for me because like I'm kind of still behind the eight ball on like TikTok and reels like I'm I'm super amateur with that like you know it's something I need to work on I think it's me it's all about for me it's like EQ and building rapport so like I take a different approach to it like I'll go seek you out and just like determine your personality without seeing a TikTok or real. Like I don't need to see a video to like get a sense of like who you are for me personally. Like if you posted a TikTok on LinkedIn, it would show me a little bit about your personality. Um, and then if something resonated, then I'd probably would do more research. But for me personally, like I'm going to go find you somewhere else anyways, whether it's through a Google search or Instagram, like, and do my own research. I, for me, it wouldn't really move the needle too much unless like if, if it came off authentic, I think so. But if it was like once in a while, just posted something crazy, like the timeline's so saturated, like it wouldn't move the needle for me really. It would probably get lost after I click refresh. Mm. So just take the time to like go seek people out like very strategically like oh okay like these are people i probably want to work with well let me go see who they really are off of linkedin just to validate my feeling rather than just going off of like an occasional post with like background music like i don't know i want to see how consistent they are on on the platform that they posted from that makes sense thank you i think for me eddie if i were to see something unstuffy on linkedin i'd be like wow this person's awesome. Let me go find them elsewhere. That's funny. I had that conversation with um, Judy Fox. 
Uh, she was in a room. Actually, you know, tough to get access to her all the time. But she was in a room, and that's what she said. Because I was like, she's like, you really need, she was talking about one specific TikTok. And she said, you really need to repost this. You need to repost this, like, right now. And uh, on LinkedIn. And I was like, really? And she's like, yes. You know, the platform wants things that are not, you know, that are not so, you know, reposting of articles or deep thoughts on everything all the time. And something mm-hmm. like this, you know, you're trying to get attention. It will. It, it, it will It will jar. Uh, Gabe Gonzalez did it, did it one time, and I remember. It was about redlining Elise. And he did. I don't know if you guys remember that one, but he did it. Uh, he reposted one of his TikToks about redlining, getting redlined versions of, of leases back. And, and he works for Regency. So he's getting these back all the time. And uh, it was really funny. And he reposted it, and he had a lot of success with it. Kyle, which post did uh, Judy want you to apply to LinkedIn? <laughs> uh, it is a. It was the one about um, the PPP money not being enough with the audio from the movie Friday. I was like, it's it's not enough. Yes, make it enough. Yes. I love it. Good stuff. <laughs> um, we have some other guests coming up on stage. Thanks for joining us. I don't want to say this wrong, but Vin, Vinod, is that how you say it? I think you nailed it. I mean, that's how I would say it. Maybe he's not ready. And he's All got the party Miles. hat. Miles, what's up, man? Hey, yeah, everything's good. Um, I'm curious because I don't use TikTok. Can you all shed some light on the value of TikTok compared with, I don't know if you've already kind of reviewed this, uh, compared with Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, I heard Eddie talking about a little bit, like why should Miles start posting on, on TikTok and who could he expect to connect with posting on TikTok? Eddie, this is, this is teed up for you right here. Yeah, this is good. Miles, you will meet the strangest people that you will have ever not expected to meet on TikTok. Here's what's interesting about TikTok is there's a ton of people on it. Everyone assumes that it's 15 to 25-year-olds or even younger. And I have been brought into meetings because of TikTok, not knowing exactly where it was sourced. And there's a building. It's a long play, but it's going to be about a $4 million sale. And this doctor found me on TikTok. When I left this meeting, he's like, oh, by the way, found you on TikTok. His assistant, who I would guess was in her late 30s, early 40s, looked at him. He was 72 because he told me. And said, and she looks at him and says, you're on TikTok? And he says, what do you think I do in between patients? <laughs> so that's one. Um, I always debate what stories I tell, what stories I don't tell. Kyle knows this one. I was at Costco a couple weeks ago and I'm on my phone and this guy comes up to me and he's like, Eddie G. And I was on the phone with my grandmother. So I kind of gave him like the hold on one second type thing. And she's having a serious talk with me about something. And I felt like such a douchebag. So I'm like, grandma, I'm going to come to the house in just a little bit. And I hang up the phone and I loop back around and I see this guy, Frank, and I don't really know who he is, but he knows who I am. And we go into this deep conversation about TikTok and about commercial real estate. And he's telling me what he's up to. And I'm telling him, it's just that relationship building tool. And that's what we're in the business of doing is building relationships. Uh, You're going to ask the question, have I made any money off it? Yes, I have. I've got several tenant rep deals. I have one listing that I did not sell that I got directly from TikTok. And, dude, it's just an awesome platform. And with your personality, Miles, and your speaking ability, you would freaking crush it. And, Miles, remember, you're playing you're playing the, the long game here, right? So you can yeah. get this content and you can repurpose it uh, on other platforms. And it's short-form content. These are not going to take you an hour to film something. I know a guy who, a real estate guy, who he's like, you know what, I used to, I ran into him in the city, and he's like, I was with G, my videographer, and he's like, you know what, I used to do this, and uh, you guys do a great job. He's like, but ever since I just started making 15 to 30 second videos on reviews, he's got 300,000 followers on TikTok. He's being paid to go into restaurants and retail establishments to talk about them. It's it's insane. It's insane growth and insane, insane opportunity. 
Yeah, I can't help but think I am leaving a lot of my ability. You know, like you said, Kyle, we're playing the long game with this stuff. I mean, maybe, you know, I mean, Jaciano started this. I mean, a lot of you guys started this like three or four years ago, you know, to kind of build the followings. Um, so I'm definitely, you know, uh, content with playing the long game. But I feel like I am leaving. So you got to play all the platforms to try and generate your viewers, right? There's a benefit to posting on LinkedIn. There's a benefit to posting on Instagram. Um, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm leaving a huge pool of potential followers on TikTok. I got to get on TikTok. That might be a way to, to grab like a mixed bag, right? Some from TikTok may only like my Instagram contact. Uh, others may, you know, find me on LinkedIn. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to jump on the platform and I think just use a lot of the content that I have on Instagram and just start off on TikTok by putting it up there. Cause I'm in retail, right? And a, a lot of the restaurant operators, a lot of the, uh, you know, DTC brands, et cetera, they're on, they're on TikTok doing things like that. So, uh, I, I, I gotta get on there. I, I can't help but think I'm leaving a lot of potential relationships. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of things to think about there. It's, it's, you know, you, you, you know, you don't just watch CBS, right? You watch other channels for different content, different, you know, different sort of vibes and energies. And, you know, even to the point of news reporting, right? Like yesterday I sat here at my desk and there was a press conference on um, that from, from the White House with, you know, about the coronavirus and these concerts at Lollapalooza. It was on the Washington Post's feed. It was a live stream from the, the press room. So it's not a dancing app anymore. Everyone's got to get that out of their head. Yes, you can do that. But it's not a there. There's an, there is a growing ground surge. It's, it happens every day. I'm more and more impressed with what you can do on that platform. Um, you, you should just get on there and, and tinker with it for a while, and then you'll find your cadence and you'll be you'll be hooked. I guarantee. I'm so glad I popped in here. This is a great conversation. Uh, thanks so much for this. So pop down into the audience and continue listening. We have about seven minutes left. If anybody else wants to jump on stage, we would love to have you to wrap up this convo. Um, but I think it's interesting to, to think about the opportunities that exist. You know, we all think of how is it going to impact our commercial real estate business, right? How are we going to get leads? How are we going to generate business? How are we going to, how are we going to, you know, justify spending our time on these platforms when, you know, we have deals to make, we should be reaching out to prospects. We have, you know, emails to get back to, et cetera, et cetera. But, you got to find it in my mind, and I know Jay would support me on this. I know a lot of guys in this room would support me on this. Um, there are opportunities outside of transactional commercial real estate for folks who create content, right? Like, just think about it. Think about if you can create content, you can show a property. What if you get hired by Related or a major national landlord because you create these dope videos around properties or you are working for in-house for a particular retailer who's doing whatever they want just because they like your personality. You know what I mean? So you got to start thinking of things, ways of leveraging your experience, your knowledge, your personality, your look, your things you do outside of commercial real estate to, to find opportunities for yourself because it's never, it, it's in your hand. It's in your hand all day long and that's all you need to do to create this content. Kyle, I remember you and Jay saying something not long ago. And it resonated with me. And you can now hear that I'm in my truck headed towards a meeting. And it was about showing true personality about who you are. And you guys went to a meeting in sneakers, gym, pants, and maybe hoodies or T-shirts. And I found that funny. And I am going to a meeting right now in a pair of spider gym shorts and a mountain biking shirt. (laughs) Is that and, a good influence and, or a bad influence? I can't tell. Well, here's the funny part about the whole circle of life, right? I went to a meeting. It was two weeks ago now. And I was the only one that was wearing slacks and a. Uh, I was not wearing a button down. I was wearing a polo shirt. And everybody looked at me in this meeting and said, are you going to a funeral or something? So this is the same meeting. So I'm showing up in a mountain biking shirt and some gin shorts and they're probably going to lose their mind and be like, finally, Eddie is here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you know what? You, you create that leverage that, that, well, I don't know what you want to call it. You create that through your content. You create that because if you showed up, if you showed up 
in a suit and tie to a meeting after every every piece of content that you put out there where you're not, people are going to be like, this guy's a phony. Mm. Or right? be like, like, where are you going somewhere important that you yeah, have you to have wear a wedding? suit? <laughs> you have a wedding after this? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we are going to uh, be wrapping up here shortly. Um, let me know what we want to finish off with. Any final thoughts here? You guys just jump in. I am just excited about our industry as a whole. I'm excited about all the changes. I'm excited to see who's going to adopt the change versus who's not and how that plays out. I'm just excited. I truly am. Yeah, I'm excited too. And, you know, the change of how we operate as an industry and bringing in that next generation to take on the future of our industry as well. So, I mean, it's all interconnected. It's true. It is all interconnected. And we are all about to be connected again, most of us in this room, on a digital army, um, I guess it's a content creation Zoom. So um, just a quick pitch for the digital army. Most of you guys in here are familiar, but if you're not and you want to be a part of it, um, Miles, by the way, where's your ring, dude? You need a ring around your thing. Uh, <laughs> ring around your name. Um, ring around your thing was not the best uh, phrasing there. Um, but the um, you, need, you need, you need the pink I, background. Yeah, we need your pink backgrounds. That's better. Thank you. And um, he, um, you guys should should um, join the digital army because the next room is about content creation, tips and tricks, and it's on a Zoom. Everybody joins in, and sometimes we actually create the content in the room. So. Um, Head over to the site. I think it's CREDigitalArmy.com. Um, sign up. Check it out. And um, we will be back here again next week. Thanks, Sam, guys. Oh, yeah. Eddie's Thanks tough for to the back. conversation. Happy Thanks Friday. for having me. Everyone have a great and beautiful weekend. Yes, guys. Enjoy Thanks, the weekend. Morgan. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, Kyle. See ya. Bye, guys.